Thanks, Carissa. I'm actually doing the webinar, and I don't know what the third thing is. So if that helps you at all, that puts us all in good shape, right? Well, good morning. I'm Matt. I am one of the pastors here, and it is great to be with you all this morning. Uh, last Sunday, Steve kicked off our, in a sense, new, like refreshed version of our Through the Bible series, where we're focusing primarily on the things that Jesus said. Some of saying, was, well, are we just going to talk about the things Jesus said? Well, yeah, because if you're trying to do four Gospels in seven weeks, you focus on one particular area, and that's where we're going to focus. So we're each week focusing on the things Jesus said. And Jesus said way more than we're going to have time to go through. But as we read together, and hopefully you jumped on that, as we read together, we get to see not only who Jesus is, but all the things that he communicated to his people, and of course, what he communicates to us today. Last week, Steve talked about Jesus coming and saying, listen, you've heard it said, but I tell you. And he says he became, came to fulfill the law. And so we had this whole phenomenal picture. And I just need, as we kick off this morning, I just want to say um, to my brother Steve, um, I think they're out of town this week actually, is um, how deeply grateful I am for Steve and for his ministry to each one of us, like his love for the word. Um, and I feel like these last two sermons in particular, like really deeply touched me. I've heard several of y'all be deeply impacted by it too. Uh, so I just want to say thank you. And uh, there's a lot of people who serve our church in a variety of different ways, but I don't get a lot of chance to be able to say that. So, well, he's not here, so he won't have a chance to rebuttal me, which is always good. So anyway, so when you see him, Tell them, thank you, Steve. I love you. Thank you for you. Um, all right. Um, deep weariness of the soul is something that at some point or other in each one of our lives, we come face to face with through different circumstances, maybe different reasons, but sooner or later, or maybe presently for you, you find yourself with a deep sense of weariness of the soul. Now, sometimes we can point to like a significant factor, like right? something major happened. And other times our weariness is just the result of a cumulative, like multi-layered interplay of complexities of our life, the frailties of our body, the emotional outbreaks that we're having, and, and frankly, the consequences of sin. Kind of a little medley of that. And often we, it's, it's something that's beyond our understanding, but our soul is weary, longing for rest. Now, because our burdens aren't simple, they're, they're just never relieved by some simplistic platitude, right? You have those people in your life who are like, it's going to be great right around the corner. Everything's going to be better. Or something related to clouds and silver linings, you know, some of those kinds of things. And we're like, that's so nice. You're not helping my soul at all because we're complex people, right? There's a lot going on in that sign of simple Platitude never touches the soul. But a simple promise can alleviate a complex burden provided that we believe that the power behind the promise is complex and strong enough to relieve that heaviness. That the power behind it is both complex enough and also powerful enough to relieve that burden. And so into our weariness steps the most complex power in existence. Speaking a promise as simple, as hopeful, and as refreshing as we could possibly wish for. And these are the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden 
is light. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we long for rest, right? We long for that kind of soul rest. Most of us know what burden looks like, and we're looking for life. Like, we're longing for that kind of peace. And so let's, let's talk about a couple of things. First of all, why, why are we weary and heavy laden? What is it that makes us so? Well, if we're honest, there's a deep, restless laboring in us because we're We're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to make the mark. We're trying to measure up in some way, shape, or form to whether God's standards or someone else's standards, that really matters most to us. We want to hit the mark no matter what. We want to matter. And somehow, somehow in the midst of this, we are weary and heavy laden because we've yoked ourselves wrongly. Why are we weary and heavy laden? We've yoked ourselves wrongly. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. He says, my yoke is easy. Now, what you have to notice by that is by implication, what Jesus is saying is that there's no such thing as a life without a yoke. There's no such thing as a life without a yoke. He says, listen, take my yoke upon you instead of the yoke that you're wearing right now. My yoke is easy, but, but not the one that you have. There is no life without a yoke or without a burden. And the only question is, what yoke have we tried on ourselves? Have we tied ourselves to? Now, most of us are not farmers. And therefore, it's helpful to have a picture of what a yoke looks like. This is what a yoke looks like. Now, I had like those dreams of like putting a yoke up here or building one or something like that. And then I just imagined myself putting my head through and just the pictures that would emerge from that. And I decided we will use pictures. Um, but a yoke is a simple, it's a simple mechanism. It's been around since like, since there were oxen pretty much. And it's a tool that's used where you put this heavy beam across the shoulders of, well, an oxen or a mule or, or a horse and at times even people. And of course you have these wooden or metal rings that come off of these, uh, this beam and you put their, and the oxen or the, they put their heads through it and then they drive with their shoulders, right? They push with their shoulders and move the plow or the cart. That's how a yoke works. So what in the world is Jesus talking about here? Well, what's interesting about a yoke is that a yoke doesn't just burden you by yoking you to the yoke. It can be heavy, the beam can be heavy, but usually it's not too bad. No, a yoke also yokes you to something else or someone else. You are yoked to, you're not just yoked. What this means, what Jesus is pointing us to, he says, why are we weary? Why are we heavy laden? He said, well, there's something else that we've yoked ourselves to. That we're trying to pull the weight. There's something else that we're relying on. And in a sense, to pull that plow, that burden, that cart. And that is why you are weary, Jesus says. Whatever you are yoked to, whatever you yoke yourself to, you can't get away from it. You are, in a sense, enslaved to it. You're bound to it. Now, some of us 
As we look at our lives, we realize, yeah, we're, we are. We're bound. We're, we bound ourselves to the yoke of maybe physical beauty or youthfulness or desirability. And basically, it consumes every moment, every thought. For some of you, you walked in today, and the primary thing you were thinking about is, how do I look? How is my hair? Do I look fat in the shirt? It takes up all the space. You're yoked to it. It pulls at us. Some of us are yoked to, to ambition and success. We have, we will, or we must accomplish more. Whatever more may be, there's just never quite enough. And we are yoked to it. We're yoked to our success. Others of us are yoked to the approval of others. It's powerful. We're bound to the admiration or to the appreciation of a spouse or a family member, of a coworker of a neighbor, and if they like us, well, then we like us, and we are yoked to them. Others, others of us are, are bound to the yoke of our kids, their happiness, their success, their safety, their opportunity is our world. And so we're yoked, we're, we're bound, and we're pulling. Now, some of you may say, listen, I don't want any yoke. What is this yoke nonsense? I, I, that sounds oppressive to me. I just want to be free. Didn't Jesus come to make us free? We'll get to that in a minute. But if that's, if that's where you're at, if you're like, listen, I don't want any yoke. I'm attached to nothing. I am the captain of my soul. I'm the master of my fate. Well, then you've just chosen to yoke yourself to a philosophy of independence, right? Of self, self-sufficiency, self-actualization. That's what your life is. And Jesus says that like every single other one, you will find that yoke to be hard and ill-fitting too. And that burden will be demanding and cruel. In essence, at its foundation, Jesus is saying that Anyone or anything we yoke ourselves to, either we will destroy it or it will destroy us if it's not Jesus. It will consume us or we will consume it. Think about it. If you've yoked yourself to your children, well, then either you will suffocate your kids with your expectations or with your fears or they, in their rebellion or, or disappointment to you, will crush your soul. Either way, it destroys you or you destroy it. If you've yoked yourself to your career success, well, then either you're going to work yourself to death, you're going to alienate your friends, your family, you're going to step on your coworkers, you're going to do whatever, you're going to beat your body to death, or you're going to completely disintegrate. When the market fails, when you get replaced or you get or, or, or a new opportunity that's supposed to be yours isn't yours. When the, the last sale, the latest, latest deal doesn't come through, it'll crush us, it destroys us. If you're yoked to the approval of others, something I'm quite familiar with, either you will demand it through manipulation or withhold honest feedback and criticism just to keep everybody happy with you. Don't say the true thing. Or you'll be crushed by their truthful criticism. And by the unavoidable displeasure that comes from being in relationship, well, with anyone. 
And if you're yoked to beauty, either you're going to be driven to falsely maintain the appearance of youth through some form of artificial means. And we've all seen aging actresses that you can't even recognize anymore. And it feels tragic. Do you feel it? When you see something is wrong, beauty has been lost completely. Dignity seems to have eroded. Or you'll be undone by gravity and by wrinkles, by the ideal weight that you can't seem to achieve or to maintain, and it will crush you, it will destroy you. You see, this is what happened when we yoke ourselves, and we're all yoked to things. And I think for some of us, I think if I was going to like describe this, it's like there's just yokes all over the place. And we like go into one and it serves us for a little bit. And then it gets uncomfortable, doesn't work. It starts destroying us or, or we start destroying other people through it. So we go out and we try a different one to see if it'll work. And we just move. Some of us have two yokes on at the same time being pulled in a variety of directions. And we are weary. Do you know why you're weary this morning? It's because you're yoked up to the wrong thing. Loved ones, whatever's making you unbelievably weary in the soul today is because you're yoked to something that's not Jesus. That's why, ironically, Paul in Galatians chapter 5 says, hey, listen, don't go back to a, he literally says, a yoke of slavery. Don't, don't go back to an old way that has you enslaved because there's no other option. But Jesus invites us to another way, another yoke, actually another burden. And by, he does so by inviting us to himself. So, if you're weary this morning, if you came in heavy laden, if you're laboring, like I have good news for you. Jesus' words are good news to you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, he says. The first thing we see that Jesus says, it's actually the second, we're going to get to the first, last the second thing Jesus says is take my yoke upon you. Take, take it on you. It's this invitation by Jesus. Now, just to be super, super clear, Jesus is not offering to make the yoke that we've put on ourselves that is not his yoke easy and the burden that he's not given us light. And loved ones, I think oftentimes... We find ourselves coming before the Lord or actually to each other and to, sometimes to me and, and, I, and, and I'll hear what I hear in me or I'll hear in others is, why isn't God coming through? Why is this still so weighty? Why is this overcoming me? Why am I depressed or scared or filled with anxiety? And, and, and the answer is you're asking the Lord to relieve you of a burden of a yoke that he never said he would relieve you of the yoke or the burden of. Do you understand? It's not his yoke. And so he's saying, the most important thing is that you be yoked to the right thing. And then, and then only is it easy and light. And we'll get to that in a second. He says, it's my yoke, my burden. It's not yours. It's certainly not theirs. Whoever's theirs is. And so he leaves us with this great choice. Who do you want to be yoked to? So what is this yoke like? How does Jesus describe his burden? He calls it easy. That's just a great word. Like, what's your burden like? Oh, it's, 
oh, it's easy. Easy in the sense of it's a kind burden. I, one of the things that's true of, of yokes, and I know you all know this because you're yoke makers, but is that, um, is that with, with particular oxen or whatever, what, what, what farmer carpenters do is over time what happens is that the yoke will start rubbing a, a cow or, or an oxen in a particular area. And what, what they'll do is they'll come and they'll, they'll smooth down that section so that it, so that it fits well, so that it, so that it doesn't rub, so that it doesn't undo. And it's, it's this right-fitting yoke. Jesus is kind. The yoke he puts upon us is fitting, and it is just the right size for us. It's a custom fit for our hearts. He says it's easy and light. The, the, the way in which, just to kind of shift the metaphor, one of the things I keep thinking about when I think about it, a burden that's in a, in a yoke that's easy and light, which we automatically think there should be no burden and no yoke, right? We, is that true? I mean, don't you all feel like, wait a minute, shouldn't this passage say there's lots of yokes and lots of burdens? You come to me and I'll take all the burdens and all the yokes away and there will be no more difficulty and no more pain, right? Isn't that what you long for? And, and the good news is he's like, yeah, that's going to come. It's just not today, not, not here. There's another work that I'm accomplishing in you, for you, and so my yoke is important for you. But one of the pictures I just keep thinking of is, is um, of what it looks like or feels like to be in the yoke with Jesus. What does easy and, and light look like is, um, looks like is, uh, have you ever been kayaking down like a, like a good river? And by that I mean like it's, it's got a lot of water in it. It's right around May, June when all the melts have happened. And it's like, it's moving, but it's not like terrifying, you know? Um, and you're just, you're kayaking down and, and you're going with the flow and it's just smooth and it's, it's easy. And it's, but underneath is this incredibly powerful thing. That's what it's like to be with Jesus in the yoke. It's smooth and it's, and it's easy. It doesn't mean that we're not participating fully in the direction. You know how you know? Paddle upstream and see how it works. It doesn't go. See, the, the power is moving forward. It's going through us, with us. That's, the, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. That's what the experience of being yoked with Jesus is like. It's easy and it's light. There is deep power underneath the key is that his yoke is easy only because it's his yoke. It's his burden is light only because it's his burden. That he's in the yoke with me. He's in it with you. This is why Jesus can look at his disciples. We're not going to talk about this particular thing Jesus said, but when Jesus looks at them and says, hey, just so you know, like if you want to come with me, if you want to follow me, you need to like pick up your cross every day. You need to like die to you every day and then and you follow me. Like how can he say that to, to, to real people, not just in some idea, but to real people like you and me? He says it because he's like, he's the other one in the yoke. He's the power that's going to move through it. His invitation is, put your head in here. Lean in here. That's how it's easy. It's only possible because we're connected to him. But one thing that's really important is for us to understand is that, that, the, that a yoke, and Jesus doesn't use his metaphor by accident, is for work. It's, it's not for it's not for dancing. 
It's, it's for work. It's, it's to accomplish something. And, and what Jesus is inviting us into, it's inviting his disciples into, is he's saying, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to be linked with me so that we can plow the kingdom into this world. Like we're going we're gonna to link up and we're going to pull hard. And you're going to think you're pushing real hard, but you don't realize I'm actually carrying the whole thing. But it's okay because we're plowing the kingdom into the world around us, the world around you. You see, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We're doing something significant. I think the reality of when we look at the great commandment and the, and, and the great command and, and all the things that is required of the people who call themselves Christian, who say, listen, everything I have, like, it's not mine. It's yours, Jesus. What do you want to do with it? That, that my life doesn't even belong to me. All those seemingly ridiculous things that Jesus and that God invites and call us to are only possible if this is true, right? If he has already given himself to us. And what's happened is that when we sometimes see the mounting, the mounting responsibility, the mounting, the mounting reality of what we're called to, we have one of two broken responses to it, to this plowing the kingdom into the world. First is that we just get overwhelmed by it. Or there's compassion fatigue or just overwhelm fatigue. We just like, it's, like, it's just too much. Like, I'm, I'm going to lay down. I'm, I'm just going to peace out on it completely. I'm not talking about seasons of restoration. I'm just talking about like in general, like it's been two, three, five years. And it's like, ah, it's just pretty worn out. And that stuff that Jesus asked me to do is just a lot. I'm just trying to keep a job and, and you know, like clean my bedroom. God's invitation is for so much more. He's calling us to, to, to arise, to awaken. Some of us, and you may recognize yourself, and some of us are like, we're like ghosts. We're not like, like you know, C.S. Lewis. We're not, not all the way through people. We're, we're, we're light. And Jesus is saying, hey, hey, I have a yoke, and we're going we're gonna to plow the kingdom into you, and then we're going to plow the kingdom into the world as I push my life into you. And so the repentance for those of us who are finding ourselves idle and disconnected from the work of the kingdom that God's invited every one of us who knows him to, is to yoke up with him. You're weary and overwhelmed, and his invitation is to say, no, come with me, Let, yoke with me, engage, engage into the reality of what I've called you into. There is much for you not only to do, but to be a part of with me. Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul quoting says, and I think this may, be a, this may be a great prayer if this is where you find yourself, if you're like, I'm not even in the game anymore. And by the way, I don't think there's ever been a time like COVID to knock people out of the game. We're like, you know what? When life starts over, I'll start over. Anybody felt that in any moment? Like as soon as everything's normal, today's the day. Again, Ephesians 5, Paul says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. Literally, rise from the sleep, and Christ will shine in you. That's the promise. Hey, wake up. Christ will shine in you. His life through you. So that's one potential direction. That's kind of one end of the spectrum, right? And then the other end of the spectrum is those of us who are like, okay, all the things are all up to me. It's all up to me. What needs to be done, I, I'm there. I will make that happen. That's my responsibility. Every burden is my burden. Spiritually busy and overachieving. Or like that uh, 1990s one-hit wonder. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Never going to keep me down. Ever. I must come through. Jesus is counting on all of us and looks like I'm the only one here. So I will do it for us all. 
Now that applies only to some. But our hearts are oriented towards saying, I don't actually need the yoke, and the yoke's not enough, because don't you see, Lord, there's so much to do. I'm busy working for God, but we're not asking God whether or not this is the yoke or the burden that he's assigned to us. If it's a burden, it must be ours is our conclusion. And the invitation would be from the translation of, of, the, of the message. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's a great, it's a great line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah, let's learn the rhythms of grace, all of us. But for some of us, we need to learn the unforced ones, the ones that are not up to us. And maybe that's you. But this is not intuitive. This yoke living with Jesus thing is not intuitive, which is why Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And then the second thing he says is learn from me. Learn from me. Again, the message version of this says, walk with me and work with me. Walk and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So watch how I do it and, and learn from me because we're going to work together on this. It's not like, hey, let's pick up the nine things or the nine ways or the nine, uh, the nine rules that I need to know so that I can be a properly yoked person. And how the No. Instead, it's choosing to be with Jesus in a way that his life is transferred over, in a sense, grafted into us. It's, it's relationality, not rules. Right? Remember, we talked the entire time we were talking about the Old Testament. We're like, there's so many rules, and their purpose is relationship. God wanted to relate with his people. The rules are to point us to relationship, not the rules themselves. So, what does this mean? It means as we learn from him that we become lifelong disciples, lifelong learners of what he's like through acts like we're doing right now, reading him, literally reading his life, getting a sense of what he does and what he doesn't do, why he says some things he says that surprises us in other ways, why he doesn't do it the way we would have done it. And we learn from him by being with him and near him, by listening to him by studying him, by reflecting on him, by looking at his gentleness and his humility and asking him, what do you want me to learn from this? Again, back to yoke life. Like a yoke, when you got two oxen, most of the ways in which you train a young oxen is not by just throwing it in there with anything. You get the most mature, the most wise, the most well-tread oxen, and you put them with the young one. And the young one wants to go left and right, doesn't want to plow right down the middle. He, but the older, mature, wise, stable, the one who knows the mind of the, of, the, of the farmer, he knows what he's doing. And so he holds, he trains, and the young ox learns. That's the picture Jesus is drawing. Jesus is saying, like, all that is, it was my idea. I was there in the beginning. I created all things. So you yoke with me, and I'm going to walk you through this life the way it was meant to be. You, you trust me, you learn from me, you listen to me. Well, you'll pull sometimes and it's okay, well, but you learn from being around and with me. This is the invitation to be familiar with Jesus, to know his words and have them be familiar to your soul and to your heart, to learn from him. 
There's a couple of really practical ways, some practical things I think are particularly pertinent to us that we must learn right now from Jesus in, in our world right now. Learning means, in one way, is slowing down. Now, I know one of the things that was brought about by the pandemic this last year is it can put everything in a screeching halt in certain ways. But we're pretty creative people, and we know how to speed things up in just other directions to add more. And Jesus' invitation is to slow down, to find rest for our soul. We think rest for our soul means leisure. What Jesus means is recreation, right? Recreation, recreation, like being remade in and by him. The unhurried, undistracted presence of our souls with God and others the undistracted presence of our soul with, with nature, the undistracted presence of our soul in, in the very moments of our lives. This quote here from John Mark Comer, he's a pastor and writer. He says, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. We are more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. I think most of us think that, that rest, we talk about rest for our souls, is like, it's me time, right? I, and I just need some me time. And, and what's, what's, what's amazing about like, that I, idea I need me time so that I can be restored, right? So that I can be refreshed, so that I can rest and recover. Um, but more often than not, our rest doesn't include Jesus. Which if we're going to take this, this passage seriously, he would say, do you want real rest? If you want real rest for your soul, it's, it's, it's with me. Like me, me, me. That's basically his three things, right? Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, come to me. It's just, it's here, come to me. And yet, oftentimes, it's, we actually put Jesus down in order to, be, to rest, right? I got, I got a lot of, I've had a lot, you know, I've been, been reading. Like, some of we get through our reading or through whatever spiritual community group time, it's like, whew. Now, Netflix, come to me, baby. You know, whatever, you know it's just like there's a sense of like, I'm going to be able to be refreshed now. Now I'm going to be renewed. I'm going to be restored now. I mean, do, do you believe it? Do you feel it? How does it work? It doesn't do it, right? I mean, like, there's, like, science that shows you that, like, watching TV never rests your brain, never rests your heart, never Like, how many of us actually believe that, like, in our actions? Most of us don't. It's like I need to put Jesus down and, and pick something else up so that I can really rest. And the question what Jesus would invite us to is to say, no, no, do it with me. Enter into rest with me. Be purposeful with me. Loved ones, this is what, that's why Sabbath is so much work. It's so hard to actually intentionally Sabbath. I mean, it's not uncommon. And I know I'm a preacher and I'm a pastor and all that. So, like, this is my gig. So, like, I have to be here, which is true. Um, it's true. I mean, you know, but, but have, you, have you found yourself at times, maybe even over this past season, and maybe you're there today at home, you're going like, okay, you know what, like I just need a week off from church. Like I need a time, oh, I need a time to rest because I've been real busy with my family and so I'm going to not go to church because I'd be more. When 
I'm not saying this is a magical place, but I do know this. Like, you're going to be able to take the elements and find yourself confronted with the beauty of Jesus. Like, you're going to hear the words of God spoken over you. You're going to read scripture on the screen. Like, you're going to be reminded of the truest reality in the universe. Like, the odds of that giving you some rest are pretty good, pretty good if you'll give yourself to them, if you prepare your heart into it. It's actually, it's designed for that. It's why Jesus, it's why God made it this way. So it's not a plug for church, but like this is one of the reasons why, you know, the, the apostle Paul maybe in Hebrews says, you know, like do not forsake the gathering together of one another. He's like, be here. It gives rest to your soul. Oh, wow, that disappeared. It gives rest to your soul. Like my, my hope is as you come here that you're looking for God to bring rest to your soul and not just once, but throughout the days. All right, I got all preaching. John Orberg says this, kind of an echo of John Mark Comer's words. He says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. We're not going to pitch Christianity out necessarily. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre, mediocre version of it. Now listen to this. We will skim our lives instead of actually living them. Like, that's, that's scary. I read that quote, I was like, oh no, I don't want to skim my life. Waiting for my life to just get to the part that's good or something, and instead of living it wholeheartedly. That's what it means to be yoked with Jesus. He's like, I'm going to live all your life with you, all the way through. I'm going to plow the reality of who I am into your soul, and then together we're going to plow that into the world to everyone around you. Jesus says, lastly, come to me. And he says, come to me all. Which we don't have time to go into that, but come to me all. It's basically the implication is that, that we all need to come. And it also means that anyone can come. It means today, I don't care what your weakest look like. I don't care how unkind you've been. I don't care what sins have beset you. I don't care. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary. Like, are you tired of the other yokes? Have they worn you thin? Are they destroying you? Are you destroying them? He's like, come, come all, come all. And he says, come to me. Not to it, not, not to this thing, not some philosophy, not some teaching, not like, it's not like Buddha, hey, listen, follow my teaching or, or follow these pillars. No, no, he says, come to me. Jesus, come to me. Be in a relationship with me. And what matters in that moment is who is this me? And in some of the most surprising and maybe shocking words in the, in the entire Gospels, Jesus describes me, yeah, himself. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. Gentle and lowly. This is what Jesus says about himself. Now, just so we're clear, the entirety of the chapter of chapter 11, leading up to this moment, Jesus has been like, like going in and like, hey, it would be better for y'all. I mean, he's like strong and powerful and telling the truth against false things. Like he's, he's like, he is the king arrived telling and, and encouraging and challenging those things that are false. And then here he comes at the end and he says, you want to know what it's like to be yoked with me? I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. You can trust me. I'm gentle, which means I'm, I'm humble. I'm, I'm meek. I am power under control. 
saying I'm lowly. And um, Dan, Dan Orlong captures this really well. He says, the point in saying that Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable, approachable than Jesus Christ. This is the one who bids us to come and enter the yoke. That, this is who it is. Come to me. So listen to his call one more time. Again, from the message, just open your heart to Jesus saying this to you. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion, doing good? Well, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know about you, but I want to live freely and lightly. More freely and more lightly tomorrow than today. Do you want to be freer and lighter? Jesus invites us to come to be with him. Augustine famously said, you have made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. We're made for you, Lord. And my heart, it's restless until it finds rest in you. Jesus says, come. Which is precisely what we do every week, right? We invite you to, to come. To come in, in a very particular way to, to yoke yourself with Jesus. To, to taste of him, to see what he's like, to understand his meekness and gentleness, his humility on the cross. We get to trust him. Every time we come to this table, it reminds us that before Jesus was ever able to say the words to us, come to, say the words to us, come to me, he came for us. Like he came for me. He came to me. And he came to you. And on the cross, Jesus took the inconceivably and unbearably heavy yoke of sin and its condemnation, our sin, its condemnation and its guilt. And he offered us in exchange a yoke that's easy and a burden that's light. That's what happened on the cross. And we get to see him lowly and gentle, power under control, all of the power of heaven stretched out on a cross unjustly for us. And he trades his yoke, our yoke for his. He simply invites us to trust him. He does all the work and we get all the rest. That's the promise of Christ. That's the call and the invitation of Jesus to you today. And so my question is, Will you put your doing down, those ways in which you're leaning into those yokes? Will you repent of them and invite Christ to be the one whom you are yoked to for all things, not just on Sundays, but all the way through?
as you take the communion elements, as you take the, bar, the bread and the cup, like will you remember, maybe speak to Christ for a minute and just say, Lord, like I want to be, I want to learn from you. I want to, I want to take your yoke on me. Maybe you don't even know what that looks like or means and that's okay. He says he will teach you. So come to him. Let him teach you. Let him be the one who helps you understand the unforced rhythms of grace in your heart. That we together as a community, we be the kind of people who plow the kingdom into the world God has given us to the praise of his glory and to our great fulfillment and rest. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you gave us through your son this picture of what it means to, to be with you, not with a set of rules, but with one who instead wants to invite us to live out the real life yoked to him. And so Christ, we asked right now, Lord, would you teach us? We want to learn from you. And we know we're stubborn. We're, we're young oxen. We want to go our own way. We want to pull out from, un, from, the, uh, from the yoke, and yet you, you, you beckon us, come. And so we come. And as we take these communion elements, Lord, we surrender ourselves, Lord. Help us to surrender ourselves. We give you control once again. We come under you, and we ask that your life would be lived out through us, and that would be such delight to us. So, Lord, give us rest for our weary souls, and may we be people who give other people rest for their weary souls through you, Christ our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. In your own time, when you're ready, uh, take the body of Christ broken and his blood shed for you.